0: Welcome everybody to the Spawn of Me podcast. This is episode 112 of our show. This is not where the players dwell, but this is the Spawn of Me podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams, and I'm joined this week and every week with my man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, the man who makes Guile look good. It is Cicero Holmes. How are you, sir?
1: I got them peaches and creams for your ass. Ew. Uh, uh, one, 112, yo. Come on. <laughs> come on. It's 112.
0: I have, a, ba- I have a really bad 112 story. I will share that at some point. I will share okay. it. Okay. I, right I have a really that. bad story. Um, <laughs> we have my brother from another mother. He is the man who makes gaming looks good. It is Sharif Jackson of SharifJackson.com. How are you, sir?
2: I'll give anybody $5 if they can name all the members of 112. <laughs>
1: Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs>
0: the members of 112 couldn't even do that. Um, I think I if think you can name Romeo, two members of
2: 112,
0: I can't even name one. Romeo, okay. Icebox. Oh, uh, my God. You better not be serious. <laughs> and <laughs> Nuck <and knock>. Nuck. Um, <laughs> cousin Nuck cousin <laughs> Nuck. No, no is,
2: is it, isn't it sad that like I can name the entire like the band, but can't name one person yeah. from 112? Wait, you
0: can name I, the whole the band?
2: Oh I yeah, I could again, do that too. Man. I could yeah. do that too. Yo. I, I was I was all up on that shit. Yes, that's sir. like one of the only reality shows that I like yes. faithfully follow oh, like week in and week
0: out. D A B A N D Yeah, man. Who,
2: who, who? I read that at the uh, Bad Boy like reunion tour that's going on now that they're not invited.
0: Yeah, well, you know, and they were not
2: happy about it. I saw Babs was like, "Yo, what's going
0: on?" Oh God! Really quick, my my really (laughs) before before we talk about our before we talk about our sponsor for this (laughs) Our new sponsor for this for this week, which is (laughs) one (laughs) twelve. (laughs)
3: <laughs>
0: thank you 112 for sponsoring on me no that would never happen um, my, my really terrible 112 story was I had an ex-girlfriend when I was in high school it was my first real girlfriend and we were on the 5 train in the Bronx riding home I was dropping her off at her stop and we were listening to Cupid by 112 yeah, and nice. we were sitting together in the, in the two seater on the end and uh-huh. we were chilling we were hugged up and chilling and she was like Khalif I really would like it if you sang the song to me. Oh boy. <laughs> wow. And my dumb ass did it kind of low uh, uh, Wait, I, in the subway? I, not not loud. you sung it to Not him? loud. Like you know how you whisper sing to somebody? Right. <laughs> you like <Yeah. laughs> you whisper <laughs> the <a> <laughs> to somebody. And my this dumb an ass my dumb story. ass sang Cupid to my ex-girlfriend in the, on the 5 uh. train going from 180th street all the way to her stop and and then the the coda to that
1: story is one of the dudes selling batteries walked by and threw one and hit me (laughs) in the face with it (laughs) I hate hate that song to this day because of that moment because of
0: that one moment I hate that song to this day I hear it and I get like a visceral like it's so uh, funny so um, things you so, do for love, man. Things you do for love.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's gonna be a scene like that. In that, um, there's like that independent movie about like uh, Barack and Michelle's like first date. I forgot the name of it. Yeah, oh, really?
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Just, I just, just see. Holy shit! There's a bat in here. What? Oh, holy crap! <laughs> there's a bat in my
0: house. Oh, yo. <laughs> Go kill kill the bat. Ba- bat? Go <laughs> yeah, kill it. Kill the bat <laughs> kill the bat.
1: Kill it. Kill the bat. Kill the bat. so you know I'm keeping this in as the show. There is right? a bat. Yes. As the bat flies around <laughs> flies around my house, what the hell is going on? Um, so, all right, I've got to say that we do have a new sponsor. It is not the fucking bat that is flying around my house, um, but it is, we, we, we'd like to welcome, uh, seriously, we would like to welcome Drobo, uh, as a sponsor of what we do here at Spawn on Me. Uh, they've been listening for a while and they're thrilled to show their support. Uh, you'll hear more about them later on. But if you already know Drobo, you can head right over to drobostore.com and use the code SOM100 to save $100 off your choice of the Drobo Mini, the 5D, 5N, or any of their 8 or 12 drive products.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Shout out to Drobo for, for, for yes. hooking us up with a wonderful $100 off. That's a really good deal. Yes,
1: man. yes. Listen,
0: Drobo's are dope. Drobo's are dope so thank you more to drip, dope
1: bro. more dope than the bat that's flying around my fucking
0: house right now. i love this is live not live radio folks that's <laughs> yes. the amazing part about that oh my god speaking of dope uh dope <laughs> folks and dope people austin walker man wherever you are right now i want to give you the biggest dopest hug on the planet because your appearance on the show last week is like buzzing around the internet people are been hit yes. people have been hitting us up left and right the social media stuff on my my feed your feed and and the spawn the spawn feed has been crazy with people giving a lot of love to that show um and and i think it is definitely one of the best ones we've done of 2016 and so far so it's like thank you to everyone who's been listening we hit uh we topped out at about about number 16 in the top podcasts not just in the usual other games category that we're in in itunes that's kind of a subset of the video games one but in all of video games we were we we topped out at number 16 at one point awesome. this week so it's a huge huge deal uh uh and it's it's kind of awesome that we, we we hit that spot and like totally did it with all of your help out there so much love to ricago as usual uh for repping with us super super hard um,
1: and, and welcome to all the new Chicago residents.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you are a first time listener, thank you for hanging out and listening to us. And thank you for, for listening and jumping in, uh, shout out to the folks in the giant bomb Reddit thread, uh, who were talking about us and, and giving us some love over there as well. Cause they shared the show there, um, and a couple of other spots and another couple of other, uh, websites also shared out the, the show. So, uh, thank you again. And Austin, we will definitely see you at E3. Uh, So I'm super excited about that. And I'm super excited about our guest this week uh, because we're going to be doing a lot of discussing of Uncharted 4 this week. Uh, This is probably going to be our kind of wrap up of that game and talk about it more in depth than usual than usual. Uh, So just to let everybody know, there will be spoilers in this bad boy, Uh, Lots lots of spoilers. So if you have not played the game, you need to maybe turn this episode off or at least put it on with some covers over your head because you might not know what's going on. (laughs) It doesn't really keep you away from spoilers, but it makes it look nice when you send us pictures about it. Um, So yeah, spoilers will be abound all over that joint. So we will, we'll drop another spoiler tag right before we jump into the discussion, but we will be talking about it real heavy uh, in that respect. Um, So we have our dope guest this week uh, is a writer for rewire, Rewire rewire.news. Uh, Formerly RH Reality, realitycheck.org, realitycheck.org. And she is awesome because, you know, besides the fact of being a dope writer on multiple angles, uh, video games, reproductive rights. uh, God, you you write about all the all the cool things, (laughs) (laughs) all the cool things. Um, You've been wonderful enough to write about our stuff and our spawn for good stuff and the stuff that we've been doing. Um, and it's been an amazing uh, boon to us in what we've been doing on the show. Uh, I want to definitely shout out and welcome Shante Daniels to the show. How are you, Shante?
4: Hello, I'm good. I'm great. How are you? How are you doing all? Doing really well. <laughs>
0: doing really, really well. Um, thank you so much for coming through and hanging out with in Invercago. I know that when we, I was tweeting out maybe a couple of weeks ago about, you know, what a, what my thoughts were on, uncharted and 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 all that stuff and you were like hey i have thoughts about (laughs) uncharted yeah (laughs) anytime anyone talks about
4: uncharted i i kind of like sneak in i'm like hey do you want to talk about uncharted (laughs) because i have thoughts (laughs) (laughs) nothing wrong with it uncharted for me is like it's my baby so i i always want to talk about it so
0: (laughs) same here same here it's one of my it, it is one of my favorite uh series and IPs that I get to kind of enjoy when they's when it was coming out I was like all right it's going to drop and then I tweeted about it and you were like hey <laughs> mm-hmm. I have thoughts about this that we're going to get to but first we want to kind of focusing on you and what you've been doing and what you've been doing in the video game sphere. So so, give some folks a little bit of background about you and about, you know, how you started getting into games writing and, and also some of the other writing that you've been doing, which I think has been phenomenal as well. Oh,
4: thank you. Um, well, I guess I'll start with, uh, so I started as an intern for Kill Screen. I guess that's kind of where I jumped into games journalism. Um, but I guess I can back up even further and say in college, I was kind of starting to realize that i liked video games um in a more complex way than i thought because um, i've been playing video games since i was a child i used to watch my mom play contra 3 the alien wars on super nintendo oh, and punch yes. out like all that stuff so i would watch her and so i got this you know i have this love for video games because of that um but in college i don't know what happened i i All of a sudden, I was just kind of thinking like, hey, you can write about games and be serious about it. And it's not just, you know, it's fun. Like there's a lot of complexities to it. So uh, I was lucky enough to be an intern at Kill Screen for a little bit. Um, and then I, I moved on to rewire where now I get to write about games, but in like a whole other perspective that I've like never really thought about before, which is, you know, the reproductive justice side, like the feminist side, the intersectional feminism, how race, you know, gets involved in it. Um, yeah, it's just, I've just been exploring as I think about games in a different way. So it's, and, and. You know, another thing, too, is that I love poetry. I write poetry. And so I think about how do games relate to poetry, which was for the longest time a difficult question for me to answer because I didn't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'd, I'd have professors because professors in college knew I loved games and poetry. And they'd ask me, like, why do you think games have anything to do with poetry? And in college, I would be like, you know, I don't know. I, I, just, I really <laughs> did not know. It was kind of like a feeling. Um, and I think now uh, I can answer it a little bit easier. But there, it's something about the two uh, just feel hand-in-hand hand to me. And uh, so that's, that's kind of what I've been trying to explore. But honestly, I've been trying to explore every facet of games <laughs> that I can. So that, I guess that's a little brief history of me.
0: Nice, nice, nice. I I want to know more about how how poetry and and, and gaming kind of intersect because that's a dope that's a dope thing to kind of just throw out there as a concept. <laughs> you got you got to come with some facts. Hashtag facts. <laughs> well, <laughs> or I... at least at least hashtag thoughts. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I I mean I think it's no different from you know Sharif had that article about how coding and music and rap music are are similar. Um, Mm. And I I think poetry works in the same way when you think about, uh, for me, poetry is a lot about constraints. It's about form. Mm. So, like, a sonnet has 14 lines. Um, It's usually about love. It has a a volta, which is kind of, like, where there's a, a change in theme. So, like, in a Shakespearean sonnet, maybe, like, the first couple of lines are about how Shakespeare loves some woman. And then in the volta the the shift would be that oh she's dead you know like that's the twist so that that's like the form of a, of a volta in the same way that i think of a form like a platformer there are these rules to a platformer that makes it what it is um and then you can break it to become uh a different twist to a platformer you can make a traditional platformer you know there for me poetry and games are about that constraint that that thing that that you have to work with um and that can be either, like, for example, the Super Nintendo couldn't do 3D graphics. So, like, the constraint there mm. is what can you fit into this system? Um, and nowadays, games, games don't really have that constraint. Games can pretty much do whatever they want. So, it's now about the creator making constraints for themselves to make a better game. Um, because, you know, a game isn't... I don't think is good. If you just put everything in it, like everything in the kitchen sink, it's just going to make a hot mess of a game. So, mm. you, you know, you need that constraint. You need that boundary. Um, and that's kind of like my general rule of how poetry and games connect. I hope that made sense. Cause <laughs> no, that was, that was awesome. Okay. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And to, to that point about boundaries, I've definitely heard that um, argument a lot that, I've heard a lot that like people say that the reason that they kind of prefer older games is because you know, just the technological like limitations of representing things on the screen was so severe mm-hmm. that that you had to be like more creative with like how you were loading stuff in and out of memory and yeah. like, that kind of thing. Um, the funny thing is, I do f- I do find that even with the power now, people still do r- run into um a lot of uh, limitations on the technology mm-hmm. you know um because like you know like obviously there's been like this whole thing about games not being able to hit this like 1080p 60 frames and and games coming out buggy
3: mm-hmm.
2: and, and like that kind of stuff so do you have like a preference for some of those older games like uh contra 3 <laughs> And, like, Punch-Out, um, or, like, do you think that games have kind of, you know, evolved to the point where, like, some of your favorites are some of the more recent games?
4: I think for me, um, my favorite games, I think, are really tied to my family, um, so I don't know if that really has anything to do with constraint, really, but I do prefer the Super Nintendo games, um, and I do think they also show how awesome a game can be with the limitations that were there, um... And those were limitations that were put on the developers as opposed to the developers saying, you know, we're gonna restrain ourselves. Um yeah, I, I mean I've always loved Contra three. <laughs> I can play that game all the time. It's so <laughs> fun. Um but so good. yeah, there's I can talk about Contra Three all the time. like and for some reason it's the only Contra I've ever played. It's Contra Three.
2: Oh, well, it's the best one by far. I,
4: I think so. <laughs> Even though I've never played the others, I will agree. <laughs>
1: it, is, it, it was it is those Mode 7 one. graphics. Yeah.
2: It is the it is the best one by far. I've I pl- I played them all. It's the best one.
4: What's your favorite gun in, in Contra 3? I'm just curious. Oh, the spread gun. No, Got to go with the spread no. gun.
0: Oh, you gotta go with the spread no. No. Oh. No spread. Yeah,
4: yeah. I am not Take into that. the spread gun. The spread gun was my oh, least man. favorite. gun.
0: <laughs> Which one was oh, it? Oh, I love the spread gun. Flame
1: flamethrower
4: i was into Laser. the flamethrower but i liked the combustion one the one that was like oh, oh yeah
2: that one was my favorite i don't i don't like the range because yeah really, the range like, was real short
4: but like i didn't feel like the spread gun ever killed anything like i don't know maybe i was bad at it <laughs> <laughs> i could have just been awful at it
1: <laughs> so i uh, you know a part of uh Part of the things that you were saying, Shante, as you were going through stuff, and um, you know, I'm just gonna take a take a really quick second to um, laud myself because I stayed in the interview and got rid of the bat. <laughs>
0: oh
1: wow! Um, yeah, I I am pretty fucking amazing. <laughs> I am caesar the Ozymandias. Yeah, but you didn't. Uh, but Baconda. you didn't bite the head off the bat, so you're a punk. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a rocker. I'm that's that's way too metal for me, man. I'm more I'm more hip hop. Oh so also, also you shot the bat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Break yourself. And Break yourself. Bat, bat.
2: And and now the bat is gonna make a song about you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh man, yeah, we got we got beef now. Um <laughs> But but Shantae, one of the things that you were saying was uh the fact that, that you feel like games can do anything now. Mm -hmm. Um, and they didn't, you know, they didn't necessarily, they had some limitations earlier on, um, what are, what are some of the games that you're playing now, um, besides the obvious one that we'll talk about later on, uh, this episode, uh, what are some of the games that you're playing now that, that really kind of accentuate, uh, the, the, the sentiment that you have?
4: Um, I think... Well, I guess I should back up and say it's not necessarily that games can do everything, but it does seem like it's moving at such a fast pace that it seems like, it's it, especially with things like VR, um, it just seems like the technology keeps advancing advancing so fast that it feels like it can do anything. But, um, and I guess, yeah, Uncharted would be the, the obvious answer to talk about things that feels like it can do anything because that <laughs> game, <laughs> all I can say is that game. But, um <laughs> That's a good question. I don't honestly for the games I've been playing lately, I think, are games that have actually been um like one game I've been playing a lot is Darkest Dungeon. And I'm not sure if any of you Ooh, guys have been playing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah I love absolutely. that game. Um and uh That game feels like a step back as well in uh not necess I wanted to say the graphics, but not necessarily the graphics, but it, it does feel like a, a step Back in, um, I don't know. I have to stop and think now.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's I don't. It's, it's also just that I really love Darkest Dungeon and FTL is another game I've been playing a lot. Oh yes. yeah,
0: it's, yeah okay. it's a great one yes. too.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But I, I. It's really just it's because games are so tied to technology and how fast technology goes that I think oh you know games games are so big games like the it It feels like it has no limit. it feels like you know do you want graphics that can show dirty fingernails? You got it, you know it's like do you want procedurally generated rain that like matches the weather you have in your real life? you got it like it it just feels like we're at that point um and it's mm-hmm. it's cool and also a little scary,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's one of those I'm sure it's one of those things where. Even, you know, we talk about the uncanny valley part just on the graphical side, right? Where it's just like, we're going to get to a point where it's going to be so good that it's going to kind of be off-putting to us in some weird way. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm wondering if there's going to be something to that effect that goes along, that goes outside of the graphical parts of it. I you know, wonder if there's an uncanny valley of kind of game processes or, or, or game mechanics that... Uh, kind of touch that stuff and I think you kind of hit the nail on the head when you kind of brought up VR and I think that yep. that's where that may wind up kind of being so it's interesting to see where things are going to be going um, in that respect for sure mm-hmm. um, I, I know I know that uh, kind of a crux of some of your writing has definitely been talking about reproductive rights and and, and feminism and intersectional uh, feminism specifically um how has it been kind of balancing those two uh at, at, at rewire and in in your other writing as well?
4: It's it's difficult but in a fun way. Um mm. rewire, you know, rewire isn't a games journal uh game site. It's not like Polygon or Kotaku. So the audience there when I write about something, I kind of assume don't know anything about games. Um or if they do it's a very like low level i don't expect them to be these experts that understand everything so when i write for rewire i feel like i it i have to make sure i explain what i'm talking about and and who's doing what and why and what a platformer is and Mm -hmm. um and it's it's actually really great because it takes me out of the game space Which can feel so insular. You know, you're just you're just breathing other gamers' air. You're you know, you're not getting any fresh air. Um, And if we want games to grow, we're going to need more people that probably have an interest in games, but uh, you know, aren't don't consider themselves gamers because they're just as important. If you know, games are art, then obviously we should be hitting as many people as we can. So, when I write about reproductive. Rights. I I tend to aim for those people that, you know, probably don't know too much about games. But I do also think about the gamers that love games and why they should think about reproductive rights and reproductive justice uh, because they should. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Right.
3: Right.
4: Uh, and you know, I think a lot of people think you know why should what what do games have to do with reproductive rights? You know, what do games have to do with abortion or something like that? Um, and the way people treat women in games, you know, is very similar to how they can treat women in real life or how they treat anyone in real life. Mm-hmm. If, if you If you are a jerk to someone in a game, you are probably going to also be a jerk to someone in real life. And if you think women are inferior in games, chances are you probably think they're inferior in real life. So... I mean, obviously, yeah. there are connections. Games aren't some uh, step into the fantasy where all of a sudden nothing makes sense and everything's upside down. Like, there's still a connection there. So that's kind of, that's uh, what I aim for, to, to just, for people to realize that games and the real world have this connection and, and you can, you should think about these things. Even when you are playing a game and you're a mage, You should you should think about reproductive rights. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. And like a lot of times, like those very ideas are explored either directly or indirectly in the games, especially, you know, like a lot of the deeper games, like the, say, the Dragon Ages or the Mass Effects, they kind of take that example of, say, a Star Trek where they're still dealing with kind of similar issues of like prejudice and mm-hmm. you know, things like that, just in a different avenue. So I think that games are really like a, like a good way to like explore that under a different. Um, group Um, so I I wanted to touch a little bit on what you said about the fact that at like rewire that your audience that like you have to assume that uh, people um, you know aren't gamers that are reading your uh, pieces Mm -hmm. Um, and that makes me think out sorry that makes me think about one thing that that um, friend of the show that, that Agita Jackson has like talked about A lot especially in her work with uh pace magazine that you know that that like there needs to be more people writing about games in non-gaming sites um because as you said like this is an art and it isn't something well it's it's not that it shouldn't just be limited to the people that love it but it's almost that it does a disservice to to what the power of gaming really is um now, as a journalist, though, do you find that, um, you know, that it's difficult to um, balance that? Because I'm sure that there's some times where, like, you just want to nerd out on an article and just sort of go really deep and make all these assumptions, assuming that people have the gaming history th- that, like, uh, you have, but you really can't when your audience might not be as, like, familiar. So, like, do you feel that um, pressure? Are there some articles that you really want to publish, but you can't because of because of the audience like i'm really curious that's sort of the uh, dichotomy of
4: that yeah well so for articles that i feel like are i guess dense in game knowledge i tend to pitch them somewhere else um because i just know uh at least right now rewire isn't necessarily the space for that yet um rewire is definitely you know it's about feminism it's about reproductive rights um but it's, you know, it's not about why the new Doom is great. You know, it's I'm not going to get a lot of readers and no one's going to be interested in that at Rewire. And that's completely <laughs> fine. You know, um, mm-hmm. that's just how publications are. You you kind of have to pitch around and figure out what's going to fit in what in what space and who will accept it. Um, and it is sometimes, you know, I wish I could geek out and just, you know, go crazy on an article and explain everything or not have to, I suppose, explain everything. But... Uh, I also like doing it because it is a change of pace, and it keeps. It helps to remind me that uh, I shouldn't just be writing for gamers. I should be writing for anyone interested in what's going on in the gaming space, which can be anyone. Uh, so it's it's a challenge, but a fun one that I you know I really enjoy doing.
0: That, that conversation about just you know writing for the audience that you have. Has have the people or have the audiences at, you know, Rewire really kind of taken to those stories in a real way? I know I know, you know, other sites that are kind of um, not necessarily doing stuff that is just gaming, but also kind of now or now just now doing some more gaming stuff like Playboy has been doing some stuff now with gaming and it's been fairly good. Mm -hmm. Um, um, And we've seen it from a couple of other outlets. Has the audience at Rewire kind of taken to your work in a really good way?
4: I, actually yeah, I, I've gotten a few examples of people emailing me, um, for my Rewire uh articles saying, you know, Oh, I know someone who's into games and this really helped me learn more about it or I had an email about uh someone who was I think the wife of a game developer and she was like, Wow, I had no idea what was going on and, <laughs> and so that was really cool. I, nice. I also had a uh, one of my coworkers, Sharona, uh she she emailed me and she said uh for I had one article about this one game called named it was called pregnancy and it was a pretty awful game and so so uh uh, she emailed me and she was just like you know i've never given a shit about video games and then i read your article and it made me care a little bit and so things like that are you know that's dope it's great it's 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 just great to catch someone that thinks games are you know not for them or just useless or you know you catch them and you go actually games can be for you um at least (laughs) maybe one of them can there's tons of games so um but yeah those those kinds of stories um they have happened and and they make writing so much more precious and happy for me
1: so uh let's do a deep dive into (laughs) shanta um and and Find out, um, you know, kind of where you grew up. What's your story? Uh, you know, it's almost like Bricago's having a first date with you, and we want to know about you. Um, and uh, when did you start giving a shit about games?
4: <laughs> I started giving a shit about games um, <laughs> <laughs> probably when I was born. Because um, right I was born in 92, and when I was born, I had a Super Nintendo already in my house. So. Right on. Uh, I just kind of woke up, and there it was, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: You'd like open your eyes in the hospital. Like changing diapers it. on top of the Super Nintendo. <laughs> right.
1: Your first, your first word was "contra." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
4: Um, so I, I watched my mom play all the time. Actually, I was terrified of games when I was younger. I would watch my mom behind a pillow. Like, I would hide my eyes because I would think something was going to come out of the screen and kill me. I was, and my mom would oh. laugh at me <laughs> and, wow. and be like, wow, you are silly. Um, <laughs> but eventually, um, I did wind up not being too afraid of games. Um, should I say like where I'm from and stuff? Do you want to know? Like, <laughs> Sure.
1: Why not? Yeah. yeah. Why not? Okay. Yes. I was, it's the I mean, first unless, date.
4: Unless it's top secret. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I,
2: Area 51. <laughs> right,
4: right. I was born and raised in New Jersey. Uh,
1: Jersey, yep. represent, Jersey stand up. Yep, oh,
4: okay.
1: yep. Uh, <laughs> where, where in Jersey? New
4: Brunswick, New Brunswick, New Jersey. New Brunswick,
1: and do you know where South Amboy is? Yes, <laughs>
4: yes, I do. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I am still convinced. I don't care So, so we've. Uh, Reef is from Jersey. He's from Patterson. Well, okay. Uh, and then last week we had Austin Walker on, and Austin's from South Jersey. Mm-hmm. And and you guys. Everybody is saying South Amboy is a place I don't fucking believe it. (laughs) Someone from South Amboy, if there is a Chicago resident from South Amboy, please send me a postcard from South Amboy.
4: (laughs) I will tell (laughs) you, I've never Uh, been there, but I have heard of it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right, I've heard of the Easter Bunny too, but I've never seen it. Yeah, yeah, so so you're from New Brunswick, yeah, and Uh, and uh, yeah, what else? What else we got?
4: uh, Went to school in Michigan um okay and it turns out i don't like the midwest so i came back (laughs) Uh, midwest is not for me though to be fair uh i went to albion college and that's kind of like uh it's a it's a city that is dependent on the college so it's essentially like a ghost town um which is like the opposite of new brunswick so i was like if the midwest is just like this i'm out um and so i I came back to new jersey but now i live in maryland um so i'm kind of like all over
1: (laughs) nice
2: okay now 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 i have to ask the question that for some reason keeps coming up on all of our shows now uh (laughs) did you fish in
1: new jersey
4: (laughs) (laughs) i uh i did not but my grandfather did every weekend
1: okay Every weekend in New Brunswick. I don't. I don't know. Well,
2: I'm sure he went to the. I don't
3: know where he went.
4: I just know he left like, and then he came like, back with fish.
2: Like he went to the Ruckers.
1: <laughs> he went to the fish market.
2: He went to the Ruckers pool. He, like he went to
1: the Ruckers swimming pool. Yes. Your grandfather went to Pathfinder. <laughs> yeah. And he came back with fish. Oh,
0: He just man. put it in
4: his little ice bucket, just like, here. Yep. This is fresh. <laughs>
0: oh my goodness. He
1: went to the bar. And then he went to Pathmark <laughs> and he came back Funny with hell. fish.
4: But you know what? That's probably true because I try I asked him multiple times if I could go with him, and he always said no. So he probably <laughs> he probably did go to the supermarket. Uh.
0: <laughs> that is dope he was like i'll be back i'm not, I'm not gonna have you come with me because i can't let you know my secret that's dope right. so so i know i know i i follow a couple of folks who write for, for rewire i can't get over that part he's just like no i'm just in the store um <laughs> And I know I know you're a gamer. I know that uh, Imani Gandhi, who I don't know if she is still writing for the site. Mm-hmm, uh, she is. I, I know she's a, a big a big gamer. Is is are there a lot of folks in that in that fold who 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 game who game hard?
4: Um, not that I'm familiar with. I <laughs> I think Imani and me might be the uh, the two biggest ones. Um, okay. Which is you know. Which is cool. It's fine. <laughs> I, I I mean, if they do play, <clears throat> they haven't necessarily talked to me about it. But I I encourage everyone to play, to play all okay, the games, absolutely.
0: So. <laughs> so I know I know also when you write about things that are quote unquote controversial, such as rights for women and for <laughs> for for people to kind of feel like you can be an autonomous human being, <laughs> that you get a lot of flack for stuff like that. Has it been? Have you have you noticed or have you felt? You know, uh, the sentiment that I hear lots, lots of, of women say, especially folks who are talking about social justice issues, social justice issues, that the the culture of gaming has not necessarily been as kind or as progressive as it should be. Uh, has has that still been uh, some of the, the observances that you've seen so far? Is it, is it still been that that kind of rough road?
4: Um, really it depends. Um, so when I write for rewire, I think like the assholes don't know rewire exists (laughs) because Mm -hmm. I don't really, (laughs) I don't really get a lot of flack when I write about things, uh, for rewire and, you know, obviously it's not a gaming website, so I don't think they're really stalking it as much as they would other sites. Um, Mm -hmm. but if I write something for say motherboard, like the multiple uncharted articles I've written, Uh, that's when I get some stuff. (laughs) Um, and you know, it's, it's actually not that bad for me. It's, uh, I don't necessarily have like this huge Twitter following and also my Twitter handle, uh, is very strange and I don't think anyone knows why my name is Johnny XH. So I don't think people can find me to be honest. So, uh, I use that to my advantage.
0: (laughs) I mean, I mean, you have written some. Some some pretty dope joints over there. I must I must say, like you you've thrown down some some uh, gauntlets as as. <laughs> 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 you want to talk about a couple of those real quick before before we like jump over into that conversation too?
4: Yeah, I mean my do you mean my motherboard uh, uncharted articles or?
0: I mean, I mean the one that is called Nathan Drake superpower white privilege, <laughs> 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 yeah. Which, which, which I remember when I was doing some. I, I remember doing some of the research before you came on the show to like look up some of your stuff, and I'm happy you touched on it. But I remember <laughs> I was like, "Oh shit, that was the most blatant, just straight up, just like, yo, that dude, <laughs> that dude over there." <laughs> has some stuff going on <laughs> talk about talk about a little bit of that article and about kind of your overarching thought about the series before we kind of dig into the other bits that we want to talk about with the newest game
4: sure, yeah, so that article came out because I have played at that well, I guess now I have played all of the uncharted games, and um. I'm kind of obsessed with uncharted. Like I I would watch let's plays of it before I even played it. It, it was kind of, it's something about it caught my eye. And so I've been watching and playing it so much that I noticed its problems. And the more Mm, that I watched it and played it, the more I noticed Nathan Drake is just thriving off of his white privilege. Like that, that is his superpower. Um, you know, Naughty Dog thinks that Nathan Drake is just this regular dude who happens to, you know, be indestructible. Well, it's because he's white. <laughs> and uh, and he tends to go to countries of non-white people. And then he, like, destroys everything. And then he leaves. And then he gets the treasure and gets the girl. And then that's it. And uh, it, it kind of just screamed white privilege to me. Just Like, that is the ultimate privilege. That is... to to just come to someone's country, try to claim their treasure, destroy things to get that treasure, and then just bounce. And, you know... (laughs) (laughs) Like no one else can do that <laughs> just try to do that if you're not white. just try no, just it won't it won't work you get uh,
0: bounce you get your ass bounced right when you hit the border right. right exactly when you hit the border crossing, and they're like, oh I, I see what you did all this all these things that you have blown up behind you <laughs> yeah. right. i I'm, in fact and and
1: you know, we'll discover more of this, and I've already kind of said this um I don't know much about uncharted lore. Uh, as uncharted 4 is the first game that I played uh, but in playing uncharted 4 um I learned that the only non-white well there have been two non-white characters that have uh, persisted at least based on my observations of the game mm-hmm. um the the newest one in Nadine mm-hmm. and then and then there was a previous one that was kind of like a sherper from, from one of the original games Yeah, 10 and and it—he's dead, right?
4: <laughs> I right. We don't know. I—I I don't spoilers. think. Spoilers. Okay.
0: Spoilers. He's dead. Well, yeah. is he? I'm, I'm joking. Yeah. I'm oh. joking. he's dead. No, but you know he's dead. dead.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so the you know, so the only other non-white person to ever exist in an Uncharted game as a playable character. Oh as a play not, not 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 playable, not as a playable character because I but think there are a, like villains and stuff right you know? right as as a as a uh, pr- you know a protagonist um uh of some sort is dead
4: the main cast of Uncharted has never featured any non white characters. Tenzin was a very minor character who showed up for like a chapter, helped Nathan Drake and then left. Uh, that was the second game. In the third game, there was another guy um, who showed up, helped Nathan Drake left. Um, that's kind of like the nature of the thing. For if you want, if you want a character that actually has like a speaking role and like you know has a like more important things to do other than just help Nathan Drake, then you're just going to look at white people, uh, unless they're villains, and then you're going to look at enemies. You know, it's it's. It sucks.
2: Yeah, I I remember thinking when I first played um, Uncharted Two, I first thought Chloe was um, a person of color, uh, and I don't know why, but like I think it's just m- maybe because of the plot of the of the, of the um, game, but she seemed like they were trying to set up someone that was not. Um, I thought that she was the answer to the diversity stuff at first, um, but I think I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah.
4: she's just british or some sort of english um yeah but she's definitely not a person of color and definitely not black nadine is definitely the first uh black yeah. person black woman to be in uncharted and you know she's a villain which is another stereotype to just kind of like add the ticks to you know what other problems can uncharted have <laughs>
1: um before we go uh full full bore into uh uncharted i want to ask something of you uh that you kind of intimated or at least um through throughout there um a little shantae and that was that you want more people to play games mm-hmm. so if you are just talking to your rewire uh uh coworkers, um, What game would you use that that's come out over the last three or four or five years that would be the introductory game? Would be the game that you would show the stereotypical non-gamer. I'm using liberal liberal use of air quotes here. uh, Stereotypical non-gamer, the game that would that you believe would change their mind or or would would and open their eyes to what gaming the possibility of gaming can
4: be huh that's such a good interesting question because i feel like one problem with games is that they can feel so intimidating when you just jump in right. you know it's it's like what game is out there that i feel like you can jump in and you'll understand it instantly um and my first thought was plants versus zombies <laughs> Uh, And that might also be because I've been playing that game a lot. (laughs) It's a a very good mobile game. (laughs) Um, It's, you know, that mobile games tend to do really well with that simplicity. You know, Flappy Bird. um, Even, you know, I mean, Mario is not mobile, obviously. But Mario games are super simple in that you just jump and you move. Like, those are great introductory games. Today's games... Even, you know, as much as I love Uncharted, I don't know how well someone would be able to jump in, you know, and I'd have to be like, okay, mm-hmm. move the left stick to move the right stick to aim. You got to yeah. do left trigger, right trigger. Right. It's like, no, you know, <laughs> it's not. Right. Right. These controllers are are ridiculous. So I think I, it's that's that's the thing, you know, these consoles, these controllers, these games are all under the assumption that you already know what you're doing. Um, right. and I think mobile games do the best at, uh, being simple at, you know, just saying, you know, Hey, just jump. You win. <laughs> and that's it. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sometimes you need a game like that. <laughs> oh my goodness.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I actually think a good mix of sort of the uh, mobile and the console is sort of the um, Square Enix Go series, like Hitman Go and mm-hmm. Lara Croft Go. Oh, yeah. Yes. I think I think do a really good job of being good intro games but still having that layer of complexity that they gradually introduce to you. Like, they're really good games. And, and, and they actually, I think now, at, at least Hitman, I know there's like a desktop version on Steam for right. it. Right. Um so uh, yeah I, I I would definitely recommend those to folks that are um thinking about diving into the
1: into the And uh, and there's a a VR version as well available for the Oculus Samsung Gear VR. Huh.
0: Really? Oh. Yes. oh, Look at you always trying to get your damn Android stuff in here. Get, you, get <laughs> your Android oh. stuff out of here. Hey,
1: hey I, you know, I got to get VR now, y'all. You know? uh, I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the <laughs> VR revolution.
0: Yeah, you're in a lot of VRs. <laughs> yeah, listen,
1: listen, when people put their <laughs> VR headsets on, they live my life. <laughs>
0: What?
3: Oh wow.
1: that was the most Kanye
0: shit you ever saw in this show.
2: <laughs> Jesus. So futuristic. Saying, I don't, <laughs> don't want to put on like my headset and see
0: bats flying
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: um, I'm like, I'm inside this VR space. What is this? Right, it's so right. large, I don't know where I am. Right. It's inside your head. Anyway <laughs> Really quick before we jump into the ad break and all that good stuff. You know, I, want, I would love to know really quickly, you know, we talked about games that are touching upon subjects that are, that are becoming more progressive and, and talking about them in good ways. What, what do you think are some of the best games for people to kind of ingest and consume if they're looking for fairly good representations of race and or gender and or sexuality and or all those things uh, kind of wrapped up into one? What are some of your ga- favorite games that kind of do that really well?
4: I would say my first choice would be probably the Walking Dead games, uh, the Telltale yes. Walking, like the first Walking Dead, the Walking Dead Michonne yeah. just came out like a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. They've been doing really well at featuring people of color, um, giving them stories Good. that are complex. You know, I've, I've really enjoyed them. Um, I think. I mean, I already talked about it, but I do love Darkest Dungeon, and they do have a black woman in it, and, mm-hmm. and it's great. Um, but they also have a lot of characters that are masked, and so, you know, you, pro- you, you can't actually, like, tell what gender, what person they are, which I think is really cool to have that ambiguous, you know, you don't know who they are because they're masked and they're covered up. I think that does really well. Um, and... Um, i i've heard dating sim games are actually pretty good (laughs) i don't i don't really play them but i um i have watched a few and there there are some really good ones that let you uh pick some gender neutral pronouns and you know let you love whoever you want to love um i guess stardew valley is probably one of those but again i haven't played that game because
1: speaking of gita jackson (laughs) so gita when you hear this Send us a tweet and let us know what dating sims Shante should be playing.
2: Yeah, I I will say that if you want to date some pigeons, which I know that we all want to do. Uh the uh game H- Had a Full Boyfriend just came out on the iPhone. Oh. Uh, it's it's There's a It's a dating sim with pigeons. There's a dating sim awesome. with
4: cats that I've been watching called Hustle Cat and it's just about That's that's what I hear. It's it's about um some There's like a curse where people are trapped. They become cats if they leave the premise of like some cafe, and then you get to date cats. So if you like dating pigeons and cats, <laughs> there are your two games there right there. <laughs> that,
0: that, that, that is the game that I actually hear Gita talk about often on Match 3. So sh- <laughs> shout out to cats and pigeons. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my God. I don't know. I feel like we need to figure out humans first. Let the animals do what hey, they got to th- do. Th- I
2: I think Sporty Thieves were on to something when they dropped No Pigeons back in the they day. They were, they, anyway. they were on to
0: something. Oh, my God. That was such a good, terrible song at the same time. Yeah, it was. It was so bad. It was so oh bad. God. But you know what is not bad? Uh, the dope folks from Mac Weldon. Uh, Mac Weldon have been blessing us with the dopeness that is the sexiest draws on the planet. They have been hooking us up with some of the best-feeling undergarments that you and I and all of us have been able to partake in. Um, and we want to thank them for sponsoring Spawn on Me and some of the shows on the ESN.fm network. Um, and if you want some some hashtag dope drugs for, for yourself, uh, you go to the checkout on com. You throw in the word Spawn, S-P-A-W-N, at checkout, and you can get, I believe it was, what, 20%? <laughs> Twenty percent off. Twenty percent off. Twenty percent off your first order. Off your first order, and then when you buy more stuff, you can say, "I got my dope drawers from and Thanks to Spawn on me. So we're up. We're about to head out into our. F- <laughs> I was about to say music break because I've been wanting to play music. Break. <laughs> I know. <I'm> okay. <laughs> I was, was mad. I was like, "Are they back? Are they back?" I want them back so bad, but I don't. Are we playing one twelve? I don't. Oh man, <laughs> <Right>. this <laughs> yeah. would be perfect. It'd be perfect. Play one twelve, and then we'll play the sporty thieves right afterward. I just want to hear you sing it, just like you did on the subway. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I, 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 man! It's, it was such a bad day. That was such a bad day. Oh my god! So we'll be right back after our break, and then we'll be back with more Shate. And we're going to talk Uncharted Four. So get ready for spoilers. Get ready for all that good stuff. And we'll be right back after this. Laura, well, right. it's your boy Dino Red coming at you from the Shiznit show
1: and i'm here to invite you to come through and check us out if you've never listened to the Shiznit show then you're in for a treat we talk about everything and i mean everything from race politics religion pop culture celebrity gossip relationship advice sex that's right sex everything and with a whole lot of craziness and funniness thrown in come by tell them khalif adams sent you We can be found on Stitcher and iTunes, as well as a host of other podcasting sites. But don't look for us under The Shiznit Show. Look for us under the Red Rock Podcast Network. Holla at your boy. The Shiznit. Hey, guys. This is Milton, host of the Slavily Gamer Podcast, where I talk all things gaming and nerdy, from anime to zombies and everything in between. You can find me on iTunes and SoundCloud at Slavily Gamer. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 112 of the Spawn On Me podcast. Uh, I am uh, Stubby Stan, and uh, I really hope you guys enjoyed our little ad break. Uh, Some dope folks doing dope things, and, uh, you know, you thought the ads were over. We've got one left. Uh, Like I said earlier in the show, uh, we've got a brand-new sponsor. Their name is Drobo. Uh, If you guys haven't heard of Drobo, Drobo is a uh, storage center for your home, personal storage. Listen, digital data is very, very important. Um, It is the most essential thing in your life. Uh, You know, we're a gaming podcast. We've got lots of developers that are uh, listening to the show. You guys are doing things the worst thing that could possibly happen is your drives fail. You don't want your drives to fail. That's why you need Drobo. Drobo allows you to redundantly back up your data um, with hard drives that you can put in. You can mix and match hard drives put them in, in a raid configuration. If you understand what that means, you are very, very excited and you can save your data and you can, it's they're small enough that they're portable. So let's say you are a game dev and you're going to a conference. You've got your stuff on your Drobo. You just bring your Drobo with you. You hook that up to whatever machine you have. You've got your data, you've got your game, Everything is good. Everything is safe and secure. It's everything is redundant. It is all backed up. It is ready to go. You are you are in the house. Uh, your data is safe. Your data is secure. You can use it on Macs and PCs. Uh, you can remotely log into uh, all of your data, and you have end-to-end encryption. Drobo takes care of all of the stuff for you. I've got one here at, at home. I've been using it for about a month. It is amazing, amazing. Uh, I've got, I think six or eight terabytes of space right now. I've got it backed up. I don't ever have to worry about my data being disappearing ever again. This is wonderful. Uh, Drobo has, uh, I think it is seven different products in in their lineup. Uh, So you can go with the Mini, the 5N, the 5D, the uh, 4N, and they have the 8 and 12 drive solutions. So go and do any of those. Go right now or actually at the end of the show. Wait until the show's over. Go to (laughs) drobostore.com and enter the promo code SOM100. To get $100 off your next purchase of your new Drobo product, tell them we sent you. Use that code. Trust me, you will not be disappointed.
0: And I'm super excited um, for the ability because, you know, we do run a gaming podcast, gaming podcast podcast files are not small that is correct uh, they do take up space especially when you're you've gotten to number 112 and then you definitely need some places to kind of put that stuff so that you know worse comes the worst if the the media falls that cicero talked about last week then you know at least the shows will be here for the future it'll be like right. the twilight zone where burgess Meredith, where he finds he's digging through this stuff and he finds our show also <laughs> exactly. also, also Drobo file so thank you again don't to,
2: date yourself uh, just saying.
0: whatever bro Too late whatever bro Anyway, (laughs) so again, shout out to Drobo for for sponsoring us. Uh, Thank you so much for that. Um, What we're going to talk about now, we're going to start the spoiler part of the show. We are definitely going to be talking about uh, Uncharted 4 in length, and we're going to be talking about it in depth. Uh, We have, I think, Cicero, have you finished it yet?
1: I have finished Uh Uncharted 4. All right,
0: awesome. So everyone on this podcast has finished it. So that means that we know all the good things, and we're going to talk about it. So... I'll give you like a minute to figure out if you're gonna hang around and stick around, or if not, we'll keep it going. So here's. And during
2: one. the midic, Ka's gonna whisper sing
0: Cupid as like the theme.
3: <laughs> Yes.
0: <laughs> I'm never gonna sing that joint ever again. I'm traumatized by that shit. Anyway, I'm sorry. I can't get over that. Just
2: the image. Trust me, when I read, when I think about it in my brain, so. I
0: can't get over the fact that I did that. Oh, man. All right, so. It wasn't, but it was like the it was like the catchiest joint that they did besides Peaches and Cream that was supposed to be romantic because the other ones were like, Really, I just want to have sex with you. Which is <laughs> that's pretty much which is, which is basically every one twelve song. That's Bad Boy. That was all man. bad boy songs. <laughs> that was bad boy, yeah. Basically. Um so Uncharted Four, it is out. We have finished it um it is probably one of the biggest selling games of the year i'm sure it's going to be something that folks are going to be talking about in game of the year discussions at length because of the technical mastery that Naughty Dog has has shown again uh the wonderful so- storytelling that they've shown again and also the hype that was brought about brought about with this game coming out and the kind of name of the of of the of the story kind of foreshadowing or people kind of thinking that someone in this story was going to die. So that was going to be a thing that people were thinking about real hard. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll go around the horn. And I think what we'll do first is kind of talk about our experiences with the game and and what you liked, what you didn't like. Um, And I guess I'll start off with, uh, you know, I kind of want to start off with C since C hadn't really played any of the other games yet. Um, and This is his first kind of foray into this IP. What what are your thoughts about your your time with Uncharted 4C?
1: so um, I had played Last of Us beforehand um, so I had grown accustomed to this next level uh, ability, storytelling ability and and performance ability that that, uh, Naughty Dog has. It's really it's Naughty Dog and it's everybody else Um, and uh, Uncharted 4 took that part to the next level um, the performances were amazing. They were the the hands down, the very best performances I have ever seen in a video game. Um, the technical uh, just mastery of just little things here and there within the game, all of the nuance um, was was the the greatest thing that I'd ever seen in in, in console games. Um, I had, a ton of fun playing this game but I don't know if I liked it okay that's reasonable um, and 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 um, and it's not that I didn't love the story I really enjoyed the ride um, I, I really I, I'm on the fence as to whether or not playing this game makes me want to go back and play the other games mm-hmm. um um, I'm, I'm thinking that i'm I'm really fifty fifty about whether or not I want to play the games or if I just want to go and and YouTube the stories mm. and just kind of w- and watch those stories. I don't know if I necessarily have to experience them. Um, I so again, I, I will say that uh, in terms of technical ability, i've never I've never seen anything It's awe inspiring. The graphics were amazing um the the gameplay is where i had some issues um with the game and i I'll, I'll say this i'll say this really quickly that i felt like and i'm sure we'll talk about the characters and all that other stuff in in, in other portions and i'll leave some of that for that mm-hmm. um but i felt like there were too many times that i was playing that game as immersive as it was that it it did a bad job of taking me out of the fact. Uh, it, it took me out of the immersion by reminding me that it was a game. Um, there were so many times where I knew that a door was coming up and I knew that the door wasn't going to open because, I, you know, I would have to go to some other I have to go some other direction. And then I would go across a bridge and I'm looking at the bridge and I'm like, oh. Uh, some shit's going to break and we're going to have to do this thing. And, you know, Nathan Drake's going to fall and, you know, I'm just going to get through on, by the skin of my teeth. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. And then it's, you know, like, oh, I've got to climb up some stuff. Luckily, there just ha- so happens to be a couple of, you know, blocks that are out, you know, just in reach. So I can jump and traverse my way across the things. And, you know, maybe one of those blocks or poles or something like that is going to slip, but it'll be there just long enough for me to jump to the next one. Um, and and after 14 hours, 15 hours of that, um, it, it, it really, it started to get a little bit tiring. It, 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 it wore a little thin mm-hmm. um, in terms of gamifying this story. I think they could have done it in uh, you know i don't even want to say that they could have done it in smarter ways because because again the game is brilliant um it's just they i i look at this game and i look at uh rise of the tomb raider mm-hmm. and i feel like in rise of the tomb raider where where there were very similar types of things where there were lots of pitfalls that that lara went through i felt like they were more natural mm. in and rise than they were in in uncharted
0: okay okay so nice I, I mean that's a that's a that's a lot of stuff to to dig through and i kind of want we'll, we'll go we'll come back to it and, and kind of dig sure. through some of that and, and, and parse it all out Shante, i want to i want to hear your thoughts on on the game because i know uh you have lots and lots and lots of things uh especially because you've been playing these, these these games for a while so so tell us your thoughts on uncharted 4
4: yeah so i guess as someone who's played all of them and watched all of them i was actually uh pretty disappointed in this game um it, because of its story um mm. i think that you know as far as the graphics and and the smoothness the quality definitely is one of the the better games the best games of the series and probably it's definitely the prettiest game i've seen at least this year um I think there's this there's this one part where Nathan Drake says I love you and I swear I saw his tongue hit his top palate and it was just like mm, right. wow <laughs> yeah. you know this fictional character they have that ability to do that was just it's ins- it's cra- it's it's beautiful but uh, as far as the story goes I was disappointed in it um particularly because they added Sam uh and mm. you know Uncharted has been very much about Nathan Drake, uh, his love interest Elena, his essential, essentially his father Sully, who's not really his father, you know. But uh, and then they add Sam, who's supposed to be his brother, and I'm just like, "Uh, no, (laughs) it didn't work for me. uh, And I know I'm I'm basing this off of the other games, Um, you know, on its own. I think. On its own, it's it works. But because I have the history of knowing the story, Sam just felt like someone that got wedged into a story that did not. Be- he did not belong in it, um, mm. and so you know, for me, the long like the, the the problem that I had was just wondering, you know, why why does Sam exist? He, Nathan Drake doesn't have a brother. Um,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: he can. He's he's so selfish. He just feels like an only child in my mind. Um. Mm. <laughs> um. And, you know, the other thing that I always think about and I've written about it was, you know, Nadine Ross is uh, voiced by Laura Bailey, who is a white woman. And Nadine Ross is supposed to be this this African mercenary. Um. And, you know, I just ignoring the fact that she's voiced by a white woman. I also think they didn't do well to her. I, I feel like they didn't utilize her enough. Um, Mm. she also, in my mind, felt like someone that was there because Naughty Dog is cognizant of the fact that they needed more female characters. They needed more people of color. And so they made Nadine. And so it felt more like she was this forced character, um, as opposed to this, you know, like she could have been evil. It's fine. I know it's, I know it's a trope, but if you're going to make her evil, at least make her complex. Um, and I felt like Mm. she wasn't that, you know? She was more like this sidekick to this other villain who was the main villain. Um, And so that was another part that made me a little disappointed. But, um, you know, as far as the game goes, as far as the shooting parts and the climbing parts, um, I guess those are things that honestly I kind of just accept because i've always enjoyed the stories nathan or uh, uncharted has always been a game about the story for me so the fact that shooting feels loose sometimes or that you know i swear i i did a headshot and yet someone is not dead you know <laughs> it's, <laughs> right. it's like i'll accept that as long as you have a good story but uh i felt like the story not only did it not feel fresh and it and it and sometimes it felt like they were just pushing things to work. Um, mm. It's you know, it 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 was kind of meh for me. I feel like I don't I don't think this game should have come out, and I feel like that's very harsh. <laughs> mm. But uh, wow. I do I think that Uncharted is a trilogy. I don't think it's a whatever the word is for four games. <laughs> <laughs> quadrilogy. <laughs> <laughs> quadrilogy. <laughs> yes i i just
0: knowledge <laughs> hashtag hashtag knowledge that was a that was a very egyptian musk thing to say thank you thank you very much <laughs> um uh, yeah i i i i totally get that and it makes a lot of sense i mean it's it's a, there's a bunch of pieces to that that i, I kind of want to dig into a little bit more as well but I'm, i want to let reef get his his two cents in as well too.
2: Sure. Um so I'll just start and say I loved this game pretty unequivocally. Um I have played all the games. Well, I haven't played that. I think there was a Vita version. Oh, it? Yeah, and there was
1: uh, yeah. Golden Vita Abyss. Y- y- mm-hmm. yes, Golden I, Abyss. I,
2: yes, I I I've not played the mobile games, but i played one, two, and three. Um, and when I played Uncharted Three at the end, I felt very unsatisfied with how the series had wrapped up, mm-hmm. um, and I thought that you know they kind of put them. Most you know most trilogies usually the second one is so good that the third one has so much to live up to that you feel a little let down. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I did want a fourth game. Um, I thought that if I think I would have shared uh, Shantae's feeling if I felt like if I felt really satisfied at the end of three, but but I didn't. Um, so when this game came out, I was like, all right, this has a lot of expectations because I have a PS4, but I'm primarily a PC gamer. So most of my games are on there. So aside from like Destiny, which I play a lot of on on the PS4, I'm like, I don't have that game um, that I feel like I, I hate to use the word system seller. But to me, Uncharted 4, I would actually tell someone that's 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 already a gamer that it is worth buying a system for. Um, so, uh, you know, I definitely agree with what's already been said about sort of the um, technical aspects in terms of the graphics and the visuals, but it's really about the mo- like the motion cap. Like that scene that, like uh, you said about uh, Nathan saying, I love you, and like his tongue and stuff. <laughs> there, were se- there were several times in this game where I feel like you could have it on mute, and you could still feel follow the conversation just because of the little nuances and ticks mm. um, in their body language, in their eyes. Like, I basically, this is the first game where I felt the same way following conversations that I felt while playing um, L.A. Noir back in the day. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, this game just, just looking at people's faces in people's eyes was so – scary in a way like it was it it was like right up to the uncanny valley for me where i like felt the emotion that they were feeling um specifically in in um i think it's chapter four where like nathan has sort of like th- the suburban life and like right. they're sitting down and they're playing crash bandicoot and like all that stuff like i was like you know there's no action in this chapter but this is freaking awesome mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. you know um so i mean i you know as far as like the action and the actual gameplay i mean it's typical uncharted i was not expecting this game to do some breakthrough in terms of the gameplay i i just wanted more more of the same and i kind of got that yeah um uh i will say that one of the issues that i did have with the game though is i feel like the game really does break down in sort of heavy action sequences that don't have a stealth option. Mm. Um, I'm specifically thinking of one where um, you're storming like the pirate graveyard and there's sort of enemies all around and right. there's sort of no option to like sneak around. And like, I feel like the game, in terms of like the like shooting mechanics and the cover and the dodging it kind of shows its uh, weaknesses in like uh, those. But I feel like those those levels are very few and far between. Um, So, so, yeah, I mean, that's really the only really uh, big thing that I had about the game. When I heard about the um, Nadine news, I was definitely upset at the voice acting, but... Um, I mean, at the choice for the voice actress, but I thought that her performance was phenomenal. Um, and while I definitely would rather have a person of color doing it, um, you know, the actress put on a phenomenal like performance, and you know, and uh, well, if I we're didn't, we're gonna
0: dig into that a little bit deeper. So, so don't dig too deep. Yeah, in <laughs> yeah.
2: So oh yeah, I'm I'm coming back up to shallow waters. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so um yeah, I mean I I love this game. I think it's It's definitely on my game of the year list. It'll probably be on my game of the generation list. Um,
0: Yeah, it's great. Um, Yeah, I'll wrap up because a lot of folks kind of uh, said all the things that I was probably going to say as well. But I think there were a couple of things that I felt were really interesting in the way that they kind of went about this game. I totally agree about Sam. Sam was kind of super meh for me because he was trying to out Nathan Nathan in a lot of ways and it, it seemed a little bit redundant to have him in some of those places i loved rafe um as a as a villain i thought that was probably one of my favorite villains in the whole series um i thought i thought the voice acting on that and the kind of um <clears throat> kind of introduction of him as a character and and ending of him as a character was pretty great um <laughs> I liked Nadine a lot. I thought Nadine was really cool. And I thought that the addition of her was good. But I also thought the addition of, you know, as soon as you kind of start the game, there's a black character. And then there are a couple more black characters in the in the game that kind of pop up throughout the throughout the game, which I thought, you know, we had this discussion about, you know, the, the Nadine issues. But it was nice to see that the people who were kind of instrumental to Nathan throughout his life. In both his early life and then towards the, you know, towards his, his adulthood in his new job were, were, were black people. I thought that was really cool that they referenced them and had them in positions of, of stature in some form or fashion, which was really dope. Um, I, I, my one kind of really big issue uh, was the cover mechanics seem a little bit broken to me. It didn't seem as fluid and as and as good as in previous games, Um, just getting into cover and out of cover felt like it was not as good. So that's the thing that I was hoping that it wouldn't be good. And also, I, I, I spend a lot of time clamoring and asking people for photo modes. This game is the perfect example of why you should have photo modes in games, because I think my game time when I finished ending it was probably around 14 hours. I'm sure at least three of those hours were just me running around and, and stopping the gameplay and trying to get snapshots of pictures, and I put some of those things on my Flickr and some of those things on the on the the spawn of me stuff. And I, every time I go back, I'm like, I usually do two, two playthroughs. I'm going to do another playthrough of this game because I want to do photo stuff and the kind of collecting of the the trophies things, uh, collecting of the the collectibles things that I usually do in that in that series. So. Um, it's, it was a really good game. It's not my favorite. I think two was still my favorite, um, two felt like it was where, where the sweet spot was. Um, and, but I'm glad they made it. I'm glad that they were able to kind of push forward and see what the deal was. And I'm also really interested to see what they're going to do with the story DLC, uh, with this game, because the way it ended was, was, was pretty cool. It didn't end in a way that was super satisfying because I kind of wanted one of the characters to die and no one died. <laughs> um and that was the thing well because I, I was like i would have I well, liked one of the one of the villains died. yeah but none of the main characters like nobody cared about that guy like the way that they they framed it was going to be this kind of epic last hurrah where everything yeah. seemed to be like one of the people that you were going to care about was going to die i mean it's called and a you... thief's end like right you, you right know? it's a thief's end like that was you would think it would have been one of those people to have to, to have died in the series, but it totally didn't go that route. So, I, I um, yep. before you go all over
1: the place, I I just want to say that I think it's very interesting that Yushante and Yuka um didn't like Sam mm-hmm. uh, because I very much enjoyed him. I I enjoyed the dynamic between Sam and Nate. Um, and and I think the reason I did is because I hadn't played the other games, mm. the previous games that that my you know, that my understanding of who Nathan Drake was 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 very much informed by me playing this
0: game. That's interesting yeah, uh, that's. A really you know, interesting point.
1: yeah, yeah and, and and it's so like I you know like I, and I've said before, obviously I knew who Nathan Drake was, I knew who Sully was, I knew who Elena was at a a very, very you know, um, surface level. But I didn't understand the nuances of them. I I didn't understand that whole relationship and that dynamic. I didn't come in with that baggage. Mm -hmm. So when I, when, you know, when I'm introduced to Sam, and you're introduced to Sam right away, um, you know, within the first ten minutes of the game, and um, like, I knew who he was, and then of course you have the the very next chapter is uh all of you guys in the prison or you know later in 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 life you know fifteen twenty years later, whatever it is and and Sam gets shot and presumably dies um i that part didn't hold any weight for me and I don't think it really held any weight um for anyone else because everyone knew that Sam was. A big portion of the game in fact, the game actually opens with you and Sam on a boat mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and shit's getting all fucked up but then you know then you're in the orphanage and you you know you, you find out what's going on with them um, but I but I enjoyed the fact that you could see that while while Shante sees it and you guys who have played the game may see it as Sam trying to out Nathan Nathan. I see it as Nathan trying to emulate Sam mm-hmm. mm. um and 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 you know that that here is a guy who who the only you know who's the only family he really ever knew, you know obviously he knew his mom um but you know at at a very young age, but the person that he emulated the person that was his mentor was his big brother and he went on and continued to do the things that i mean obviously it was still in in their blood because his mother was a great historian and archaeologist in her own right um but but sam was the guy who taught him who taught nathan how to drape (laughs) and 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 in fact and, in fact, gave him that name. Right. Yeah. You know? right. I, I, I definitely um,
4: think the game tries to do that. I, I think the game is trying very hard to make you think, you know, Sam was always a part of Nathan Drake. He just wasn't a part of the other games. Um, and I think the reason why I have that issue is because in the in the third game, there's there are also a lot of flashbacks in the third game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's one in particular where Nate, as a young boy, like, which kind of looks like he might be the same age like a little older than the flashbacks in the fourth game um yeah it, right. it's where yeah, nathan uh tries to steal from sully and then mm-hmm. sully essentially says you know i'm better than you let me teach you how to steal mm-hmm. and so mm. in my mind nathan learns how to steal he learns how to be who he is because of sully and sully becomes his father mm. figure Um, and that's all in the third game and so you know obviously if you haven't played it then then that's understandable why you 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 feel sam does what he's supposed to do uh but because i have that game in my head i'm like wait a second what about sully i thought sully was the was the dude who is this sam right so (laughs) right
1: so yeah so then so then yeah from that perspective then sam becomes redundant right yep yeah. Definitely.
2: Well. Well. Like. I. I guess I'm the oddball here then, because I played all the games and I had no problems with Sam at all. Okay. Um, I did because I thought that the only thing that would make sense to me for Nathan to go back to this life is if family is involved. Sure. Meaning something happens with Sam, something happens with Elena, something happens with Sully, or like even like Chloe or like a someone. Like I think that at this point. I don't think it would have made sense for there to be any other reason for him to go on any other adventure. And I think I would have been more disturbed if it was like, Oh, Atlanta got kidnapped. Go save like your damn zone distress from, you know, whoever, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. then, you know, you know, then them kind of, you know, um, having you know this brother kind of like come up from from like a nowhere so like i i wasn't really focused i guess as much as um as uh, who was trying to emulate who as the fact as as i was that like nathan's been you know his his like whole life has been like finding a f- it's 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 not just been about finding treasure it's about being closer to his family mm-hmm. to like his parents to like kind of like figure out who he is and i feel like that sam kind of represents that like last bit of like somebody who he can who 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 like he has a physical link to him and his mom and and the treasure hunting and only something as drastic as you know sam's story about him you know basically having a death wish on them unless they go to take this only something that powerful would actually drive nathan into going back and actually and actually giving us a, a, a game so so like i actually like the addition of uh of sam
0: i liked him because he always had his hand out when i needed to jump <laughs> oh, right. i was like yo sam i can't get to this ledge can you put your arm out and i'll jump up on your arm? <laughs> he was he was a mechanical foil more than anything else
3: so, nice but I,
0: but i think i think it's it, it's interesting to see you know how that stuff got kind of played itself out i did really like i really did like the kind of throwback parts where they did talk about his mom and that being the yeah. kind of thing that brought them all together them being like this weird family that talked about archaeology and all the stuff at the kitchen table and that was that that kind of stuff was really dope as, a, as an addition and it kind of it, it kind of showcased uh, a little bit more of the the, the writing style of Druckman and, and those crews, mm-hmm. but uh, we we already we already talked about the elephant in the room, and I kind of want to just get into it. Right? Is the sure. is the Nadine parts right? So Shanti, if you want if you want to give a quick overview a little bit, we already kind of discussed most of it, but just for the folks who really didn't catch all of it, what what was the big crux in, in the hubbub about before uh, the game drop?
4: Sure. So. Uh, There was this trailer, I guess I'll start with that, and it introduces, you know, Nadine Ross, uh, Nathan Drake walks into a door, and there she is, and she says, you don't belong here, and um, don't you love how I have it, like, memorized? (laughs) 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 You totally (laughs) do. And and cue in the lights, and then, no. (laughs) Um, And, you know, and then they start to fight, and then it fades into black or whatever, but... So there's Nadine Ross, like first prominent black woman uh in in the game. Um it turns out she like owns a bunch of like armies, like she's she's pretty much the mercenary for the main boss. Um, which is cool and great. And but then it turns out that she's voiced by Laura Bailey. Um uh, Laura Bailey is a very like prominent, well known voice actress who's been in a ton of games. Um and you know, right does great work obviously that's why she's being hired but she's also a white woman um which caused a lot of issues you know with a white woman voicing this black actor or black character um especially a character that's supposed to be you know in this series that really doesn't feature a lot of people of color this was this mm-hmm. great opportunity to hire a person of color um and you know that doesn't happen um and Neil Druckmann has actually talked about it before and he said that he interviewed or he, you know, they talked to all sorts of different people, people who were African, people who were not, and they thought Laura Bailey did the best job and that's why she was hired. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and his defense, is, his defense is basically, you know, we have Nadine Ross. Like, you should be happy that she is here um, and kind of ignore the fact that Laura voices her. Mm-hmm. Um so that, that's kind of the controversy of it. And it caused, I mean, it made me mad to, just to say, you know, it frustrated me um, right. because I love Uncharted. But I also understand that it has its problems, especially when it comes to race um, and how common it is that the enemies tend to be the people of color, but the heroes tend to just be white. And mm-hmm. um, so I, I wrote this whole article about voice acting in games. Um, it was and how. a
0: really great article, too. It was awesome. Oh. You should all read this article. We'll put it in the show notes, too.
4: Thank you. I uh, I interviewed Dave Finoy, um, Dave Finoy, yes, and um, yes. Phil Lamar. Um, I yes. uh, also interviewed um, uh, a person whose name I can't remember, but he he works for SAG AFTRA. Um, so I talked to him about you know just the hi- the hiring process of voice acting and games. Like why why are so few uh, people of color? You know acting you know doing all this stuff so i I pretty much went into the history of why this happens and you know i mean it's the same as anywhere else it's the same as movies and and tv it's just people don't quite we're still at that point where we're still trying to understand what diversity means and how to hire people of color even though it's not difficult but you know people say it's difficult it's just how it is and then i mean i personally also believe that laura bailey was hired because of who she is i like Mm -hmm. i i in my mind i think that helped a little bit in the fact that she was well known if you look at the voice actors in uncharted um there's troy baker who's also very well known he voiced joel in the last of us he voices all sorts of people there's nolan north who also voices you know they have these big named big tiered voice actors and yes they may be good at what they do but they're also well known and they're also Mm -hmm. becoming Um, visual, like, you know, Jennifer Hale is another example of someone who's become more visible. Um, And so I, I, you know, part of me thinks that might have been why she, Laura Bailey, was hired. But, you know, and then of course this caused a whole controversy of, you know, why should, why should it matter what race you hire people and blah, blah, blah. But.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There was a great, there was a great quote from Phil Lamar that you had in your piece. And you talked about Dave Fennoy and Phil Lamar uh, kind of discussing this you know and, and having thoughts about this and being a little bit conflicted about some of the, the 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 conversations and the ideas right of like how do we make this a better space for all of us right so phil lamar uh, per your quote said from an artistic perspective i would love uh if race didn't have to be a factor but from a paying my rent perspective i'm glad it does he says if i had to compete for a male role a black male role with every black male voice and every white male voice actor, my chance of getting a job decreases immensely. He said, so with that being said, and being kind of like the, the, a little bit of the background behind this controversy in this, in this conversation, the question goes for everyone in the room. Did, did the knowledge of knowing that Laura was the person voicing this actor, voicing this character, did it lessen the 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 character for you in some form or fashion? Did it did it make that performance worse? Did it make it better? Did it make it neutral? You know, what what were your thoughts about the character after knowing that this was now voiced by a white woman? I'll, I'll, I'll go to, I'll go to uh, you first, Reef.
2: It didn't affect my experience at all. Um, it's one of these things where I feel like people are trying to set up this mutually exclusive thing that says that you can't have a problem with it and enjoy the performance. Mm. Um, Whereas, I mean, I do have a problem. I do think that, you know, a studio as big as Naughty Dog and with the money that they had behind this game, they could have easily found a a voice actress of color to do this, like, easily. Um, And I know that he said that they went through all these interviews and, you know, and they felt that she did the best job, but I still don't get... A sense from that that they prioritized trying to find a um voice actress of color which i think they should have um you know so i do have a, a a problem with that but that problem coexists with the fact that the voice acting job in this game was absolutely outstanding mm-hmm. um and if i didn't know you know we wouldn't have be even having this like conversation but so like me having a problem with it doesn't mean that I don't think that she did the character justice or I don't think that she brought life to the character. Um, I think that all those things can, can, can uh, coexist at the same time. Um, so I love the performance, but you know, these uh, companies need to do a better job at um, diversifying their um, s- selection of uh, voice actors. C- Cicero,
0: what do you think? Uh, I,
1: I, I think I, Reef and I are on the same coin. Um, I just feel a little bit differently about it. I think initially when I heard the news, uh, I was upset for a second. And then I thought about how much uh, uh, about voice actors um, that I've known about. And I really geek out uh, about voiceover stuff and, and, you know, kind of quasi aspire to to maybe do some voiceover work in the future so i know of of plenty of uh white characters that are voiced by black actors um the most prominent in video games of course is uh tc carson who everyone knows as kyle (laughs) Barker from uh from from living single who is the voice of kratos um but but there are plenty of plenty of characters uh Kevin Michael Richardson who some of you may know um big big dude from the Bronx what up Bronx BX represent um was the second iteration of the Joker and actually won an Emmy um as the Joker um believe it or not Mark Hamill did not win an Emmy as a, as the Joker from Batman the animated series, but Kevin Michael Richardson did. Uh, so obviously, we don't know what ethnicity the Joker is, but we can safely assume that he was white. Um, you know his his face paint. He, you know he could have been a black dude in white face, uh, which would which would have been wow. awesome. Think, think um, about the think pieces for that. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so yes, I I do believe that. Uh, we we definitely need to have, there are plenty of... Um, also, uh, you know, from from a female perspective, um, if you guys are fans of the Animaniacs or fans of uh, Tiny Toons Adventures, Elmira, um, who, you know, who terrorized all the animals, was voiced by Kreese Summer, who everyone knows as Freddy from A Different World. Uh, so... Um, Again, I will say that we definitely there are definitely uh voice actors of color that are out there um that need roles and they need jobs and and game you know when you're casting whatever it is that you're casting, if you need voice work that these people should be looked at um, but at the same time, I also do think that you need to find the best person for the role and, and the unique thing and, and, and I kind of you know I'm going to echo some of the things that Neil Druckmann said which is we found the best person for the role we, we found the person who, who best embodied our vision for the character and I think that that's exactly what they did and I can't fault them for that um, you know that, that uh, uh, Laura Bailey did a phenomenal job as Nadine Um, my problems with Nadine weren't, wasn't the voice acting. I had problems with Nadine, the character, Mm -hmm. um, that, uh, if you want me to go into, I can go into now or we can hold that for a second or you can, you can dig
0: into it really quick.
1: So I, my biggest problem with Nadine, the character was that they, they were chauvinistic in the way the fights went down with her. Mm-hmm. um in in those fights she was she was the alpha now yes she runs the pmc but as far as i knew again and you know again i'm coming in this is my first uh, uncharted game but as far as i knew nathan drake was Maybe he was hapless, but he was a hapless, badass motherfucker. And he would go in and, you know, and we would go, he would go and murder, I mean, murdered thousands of people. He probably murdered at least a town's worth of humans over the course of the four or five games that he was in. Um, And the fact that him and his brother, who spent 25 years in jail or whatever, however, 15 years in jail, um in Colombia couldn't beat up this one woman um they you know they never got the upper hand with her just seems ridiculous to me that you know every time they were in a fight with her they would they would come they would wind up on the losing side but they could you know they'd be in there with hardened criminals there'd be six or seven of them and they would they would kick all of their asses but she would always get the drop on them she was always a little bit faster. She was always, and it just—it screamed to me like, "We don't want Nathan Drake. Nathan Drake is such a baby face. We don't want him beating on a woman." Wow. Um, and I—I didn't—I didn't. I didn't It—it just—it—it it rang false,
0: false. That's interesting because you know what? I totally didn't yeah. see that angle at me all. Me neither.
4: I did. <laughs> I felt That's the not... same way, and I—it's—I've—I'm—I don't know how to like think about it because it sometimes it sounds strange in my mind like oh why didn't Nathan Drake beat up this woman it feels like a, a weird right. thought but i mm-hmm. think i think it's true it felt weird to me as well as you know someone who Nathan Drake doesn't mind killing people that are evil you know right. he's he kills people that are in his way because he's the hero and everyone else is the villain and here she was who's she's supposed to, like they they make her out to seem so Strong, I guess I don't want to say masculine because I, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but mm-hmm. it, it felt, it did feel strange to me that, you know, Nathan Drake would just kind of turn into a puddle when she was around. I, I'm right. not saying I needed him to like beat her,
1: you know, senseless, right, make her taste the right. cake. You know? <laughs> taste the cake anime. <laughs> I, yeah. I
4: don't, I didn't want that. I didn't want that. I didn't want right. that brutality. But I did want him to try because he tries with everyone else, you Mm, know, it didn't feel equal. And it felt like in my mind, Naughty Dog was trying to be safe and trying to say, Mm -hmm. you know, this is a woman, you know, it's a black woman. There's already talks about violence against black women. We don't want this to condone any sort of that. Um, But at the same time, turning her into this woman that just becomes a scary, you know, monster also felt kind of wrong um and but i don 't know how to reconcile those thoughts i I agree with you though Cicero. It felt weird to me too
1: yeah I, I i I always felt as I was playing the game, I felt like the way that they were treating her was the same way that people or or uh, stories treat characters that are about to make a turn that are about to make a a you know a a moral a moral switch mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where you know at 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 some point during the course of the of the game, that Nadine was going to be like no and and lift Rafe up, uh, Emperor style, Darth Vader to Emperor style, and throw him down the pit, mm-hmm. um, and and it, you know that's what I was kind of holding my breath for.
4: Yeah, I was expecting that too. I thought you know. Because they wouldn't, you know, touch her because Nathan exactly. Drake kept saying, you know, you don't have to work for Rafe and all this stuff.
1: Exactly. I,
4: I thought she was going to turn around and say, okay, right. you're right. But instead, she just kind of took some gold, said, you're on your own and left.
3: <laughs> right, right,
4: right. And it felt so strange. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I didn't know what yeah. to yeah. do about yeah. it.
2: Yeah, I, I find this conversation very interesting because to me, Nadine was the muscle of the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't and I didn't get the sense through the series that Nathan Drake was an expert hand-to-hand combat person. Right. Yes, he's killed many people, but he is not like a martial arts or... She is like a the equivalent of like a UFC fighter. From the moves that she was using, she's like a very skilled hand-to-hand person. So I thought it was perfectly in character for the head of a PMC that's also sort of... Rafe hires her because she's like the muscle and has all these mercs to be able to best both Nathan and Sam who I didn't think were skilled one-to-one fighters in fights so I didn't I, I didn't see it as them playing it safe I felt it as them saying she's the muscle she, she can definitely never be touched by like someone who hasn't had a or, or at least hasn't been shown to you know have a skill set in a in a hand-to-hand stuff.
0: Yeah. It it was one of the reasons why I was kind of disappointed in the way that the the relationship between she and Rafe went was because of the fact that she was... I would have loved for this game to have gone straight Nadine as the main villain. Mm -hmm. Like, I would have loved to see that version of the story because Rafe, although he was cool, he was the petulant child, right? He was the petulant rich kid. And Nadine had a more interesting story that could have been told... But they gave none of those parts to either character to a certain extent, you know right. what I mean? And mm-hmm. Nadine was my was actually one of my favorites because she was this really strong character in the sense of where, in in the sense of her stature that you never kind of found out about. And it wasn't like a game that went back and told the story that like most games do that actually do storytelling badly by telling you things in these codecs or these books or any of that stuff, I'm like, I want to know the story of how Nadine became the head of this paramilitary company mm-hmm. right? And, and how she became this person who became someone that someone else would pull into the story and, and, and pull into the fray and and then kick everybody else's ass during, during the process. Um, so it was interesting. I, I, I couldn't... The one thing I do want to say about the, the Laura Bailey part is once I found out that she was a white, that it was voiced by a white woman. I couldn't decouple it in my head, and that part to me wasn't bad about the 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 performance because the performance was great. But it was one of those like, oh fuck, it was. It wasn't an oh fuck, but it was like, oh, damn moment, like shit, like I can't, I can't get this out of my head now. It's like seeing a spoiler and then trying to play the game out in the way that you want to, um, and that to me was a little bit disappointing in that respect, where I was like. I'm happy she wasn't the Deus Ex woman, but I'm also uh, but I'm also <laughs> yeah. happy, uh, wow, but, but you know what I mean? Like, because that's because th- I was thinking in my head and I was having these conversations in my house of like, OK, so what would have been the what would have been the worst version of this? Right. It's like the thing that we kind of all fear, which is we don't want Deus Ex. We mm-hmm. want we want the, the character to be uh, uh, acted out in a, in a smart and hopefully nuanced way. Right. Um, But do we then because she's white, give give it less kudos, or the conversation about like the, the the thing that you brought up, Reef, about like you'd hope that they would have found a black actress for this. Do you do you not fill this role until you find that black actress, or do you find oh you do you just kind of move ahead with the process and say okay we couldn't find someone who we felt did this 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 character justice, let's pick the Laura Bailey or let's pick the, 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 the other person who's in that role. The thing I do find interesting is that they didn't that they didn't pick up the woman who was in The Last of Us who played the, the head of the Fireflies as a character that oh, totally could right. have been the person who could have been right. Nadine. I don't know if she can do a South well, African accent. South Af- mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's in, in her repartee, repartee, but I don't know. It, it, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like uh, there's a lot of questions that we don't know because we're not privy to the way the process actually works. Mm-hmm. But I but I think that there are uh, it, it was a little it was still a little bit disappointing in the grand scheme to be like, damn, I know that when this game wins all these awards later on, whatever this year or the beginning of next year, there will not be a black woman who gets to hold that statue up and say, yes. and say I won this Mm-hmm. for for the crew. That part is going to sting. That part is going to bother me. Uh and mm-hmm. that part is going to be something that's going to be pretty annoying. Um
1: now here's here's something interesting. Uh-huh. So the woman who played Marlene, the head of the Last of Us. the yeah, in Last of Us, the head of the Fireflies, uh was Merle Dandridge. Mm-hmm. Merle Dandridge uh who is a sister was in Uncharted as a nun, as, so remember, so, this is hilarious, and I was looking for this character, uh, specifically, so, in the defense, uh, in Neil Druckmann's defense, of, who, you know, of Laura Bailey being cast, as Nadine, he said, there, we have a black actor, playing a white character, Mm -hmm. and we, you know, I'm not going to spoil it, but we have a black actor playing a white character because that was that character happened to be, um, you know, really good. That was we just picked the best uh, actor for the role. And that black actor happens to be uh, you know, Merle Dandridge, who played the nun early on in chapter two mm. of the game, who was talking to the priest. Right, right. So, I mean, it was a throwaway. It was a throwaway role. Um, and i kind of feel i i kind of feel like neil in his defense was very disingenuous by saying that we had a black character you know we have a black actor Mm -hmm. playing a white role now factually accurate (laughs) but it you know i mean we we, we're not we're not comparing apples and oranges here you know or apples to apples we're you know we're comparing apples to roaches at this point (laughs) what (laughs) What? i mean because it's 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 just so fucking far you know (laughs) yeah i mean i mean it's like it's like you you know you've got nadine who is in in you know in in terms of the billing is you know the the fifth bill person on in this game Mm -hmm. in terms of you know lines and levels of importance and all this other stuff is you know she's a very very central character um but you know he he made it sound as if there was a black actor in this game that may not be nadine Uh but was around for a while right uh, oh and and was you know was a character of some significance because he didn't want to spoil it.
2: Oh, I see what you're saying. Right, right, right.
1: You know, but that this person was yeah. race bending so, in that way. And it I, wasn't even. I think you're giving him too close. much credit, though. I don't it's think he was
2: close. equivocating. He was just yes, saying. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I have black know. person with white. It's, so white and black. Right. right. Like, so, like, so Let he, me ask he, this question because
0: we're, we're, we're running long and we, we we should wrap it up a little bit. Yeah. It's a really good conversation, though, and I think we mm-hmm. could have a whole other show about this as well. But I, but the question I have is, we we see that Naughty Dog has been fairly, and and I, I'm gonna say this with a big old asterisks, right? Because I, I I know that if you, you, I know you can pick it apart, what I'm about to ask. But we know that Naughty Dog has been talked about and has has been in lots of conversations about being a very progressive game studio. Um, I'm not talking about internal practices. I'm talking about in the games that they make. So you see, with The Last of Us, which I still think is their best game ever um you have the uh kind of um coming of age lesbian um uh storyline that came in the d l c left behind you have you know uh Ellie being a character that was uh extremely strong and, and very well liked uh and showed a lot of of character that you know most games don't don 't put upon uh uh in their in their games but you have this as a secondary thing that 's happened in now this game where we have um uh what's the wife's name again I'm sorry? Elena. 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 You have Elena who was really well acted and super strong uh was a, uh, was a great counterpart and actually towards the end of that game um kind of humanized Nathan in a way that we haven't really seen that that often as well. Um we are starting to see a couple of really strong characters in in, in the trilogy. Do you feel like this is a step back for Naughty Dog in some way? As 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 kind of pulling them down a notch on the progressive scale, uh, or, or do we think that they 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 did a fairly good job if you look at the grand scheme and the totality of the of the series? Um, I'll start off with Cicero. Uh, no, I
1: don't think so at all. Um, I, I think that uh, they took things that they learned from The Last of Us, uh, technically, and and from a performance aspect, and really. And really brought it to another, a whole new level mm-hmm. um you know again i i would i would this this game in in terms of a showpiece for people to understand games as art, you know the eternal question games are games art da 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 if you play just chapter four mm-hmm. just chapter mm-hmm. four, going through the memories of the things that went by that really you know only somewhat resonated with me. All the way down to them playing, you know, uh, Crash Bandicoot sitting on the couch. That twenty-five minutes that you sit there and and one of the most amazing, most powerful pieces of showing. Another thing I want to say really quickly about about Chapter Four. Um, as you're walking through the house and you're finding all the different things, Elena's you know working on the on the on her book or whatever. Um, You know, I'm looking around and I'm trying to figure out, oh, okay, so, you know, where are they and stuff? And I look out the window and and like a car goes by and some pedestrians walk by and I look and I'm like, oh, I wonder where they are. It looks like from the outside, based on the architecture, that they're in New Orleans. And sure enough, that's exactly where they were. Um, You Mm -hmm. know, so from 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 that perspective, I mean, Naughty Dog has nothing to be ashamed of with with. With production value and the and the technical masterpiece that is this game, I just think that um they the game got a little too gamey. um and that you know it's it's weird to say that. A video game was too much like a game, mm-hmm. and use that as a pejorative. Um, but I think for a game like this, they they did themselves a disservice in that in that standpoint. But I, I don't think it's anything. I think it's definitely still a step up, um, and, you know. And it's a game that all all developers can can look to try
0: and emulate. Sharif, what do you, what do you think?
2: Um, I don't know if it's a step back for me because I guess I've never really held them as this super progressive. Uh, company I mean I've definitely enjoyed um The Last of Us but mm-hmm. I think I mean the games that I've played from them I don't think they've all been The Last of Us <laughs> in mm-hmm. terms of balancing the uh the uh women and the women of color and the men of color in the game so I don't think it's a step back I just think it highlighted an issue that probably already existed okay. um and to me it's like you know I when I first played The Last of Us I didn't know I remember thinking like I wonder if they intentionally went and found these characters or if it just kinda happened and after seeing Druckmann's kind of response to um you know, to um the Nadine issue, I'm like, Maybe it just happened, like maybe maybe they weren't prioritizing that and like saying we wanna make a statement in this way and we wanna show the industry that we could make a successful game with this. So I don't see it as step back, but it's something that that I think that they need to fix to, um, you know, to really uh, be a better company. Mm. Shanti?
4: Yeah, I think, I don't think it's a step backwards either. I think, I do think that Naughty Dog is trying. I think, you know, it's baby steps. Um, And one thing that I always think about is in the same interview where Dale Druckmann's talking about Nadine he asks a question where he says you know when do you ever see a black woman that's you know ripped and can fight and in my mind I think that's actually a trope of you know the strong black Mm. woman but he doesn't know that and I feel like there there are things that he still needs to learn and so I guess because he still needs to learn it Naughty Dog probably also needs to learn it since he is creative director of most of these games, I guess all of them now. Um, right. So right. I, I feel like it, it's kind of like the difference between feminism and intersectional feminism where right. he's thinking, okay, we, we need these women to be cool and strong and complex, but now he's not, but he's not necessarily thinking what are the compli- What are the implications if a black woman is, is this strong and this mad and this whatever, you know, like they're I don't think they've made that connection yet, but I do think they're trying. Um, and it's, you know, the other thing to think about is that Nadine wasn't, she wasn't originally going to be black. She was going to be white. Right, right. And then someone suggested, why don't we make her black? Um, and the same with the, the, the ending of the game where you see Drake's daughter, Drake's daughter was supposed to be a son. And then someone said, Mm. why don't we make, uh, make him a daughter? And so, Hmm. you know, there's, there's still thinking, They still have that mindset of, you know, white woman, son, you know, I I think they're making those steps, but they still need someone to say, what about this? Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I don't think I don't think it's a step backwards. I think it's just a sign that they still have steps to go before they get to to a good point.
0: It would have been really dope if at the end of that whole sequence and you see their daughter, which I think they did a really good job in the prologue with that, if she was a black daughter just randomly. (laughs) It was like, yo, how the hell? (laughs) That's not how biology works. What the fuck?
2: That'd be so awesome.
0: That would have been real Um, dope. And just not even say anything. Just have a black daughter. Just be random. (laughs) I was was hoping
1: hoping, um, that her name was Ellie. That would have been cool.
0: That would have yeah. been cool, but that would have been too. that would have yeah. been too yeah. game-y. too too on the nose. Too on the nose. Yeah, that would have yeah, That would have caused the the conspiracy nose.
4: theories. Uh, Everyone would have been on it. Yeah.
0: That would that would have been yeah. cool though. That would have been cool for the yeah. conspiracy um, theory part. Um, really cool. Yeah, th- I, 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 before
1: you before because I cut cut people off. That's what I do. Um, <laughs> Amy Henning was missed mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. game. I think I think her not being around definitely um, you can you can kind of feel her absence
0: in the game.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think that the beauty of her writing and the beauty of of the way that she kind of framed stories was it, no, the the human elements of the connections and the connective tissues between characters, which I think was fairly good in this one. Uh, people emoted in ways that I hadn't really seen before and you felt things that you didn't right. see characters feel before. So I don't want to fully take that away from Druckmann. But I do think that there are some touches that are there that are distinctly Amy headings that, that, that definitely are in there. Um, really quickly, I guess my last piece uh, to all this was it was interesting to see the, the, the conversation on Twitter when all this was happening and the game coming out and people kind of talking about their experiences and their love or like or dislike or uh, disappointment. And uh, I want to give a shout out to the to the cat, broken games HD, uh, who runs a phenomenal uh, uh, YouTube channel um and he was talking about his feelings about it and he was like yeah i'm playing the game and i'm looking at these parts where sam and nathan are really young and they're running through the streets and they're doing all this stuff he was like i really would have liked to have seen if these were two black kids how far they would have made it
1: mm. uh,
0: yeah that's interesting so
1: there's that scene where they're running around uh in the mansion they're going to try and collect their mom's stuff mm-hmm. And the cops come after the woman collapses and dies Mm -hmm. and they're running through that and none of the cops shoot them. Right. Right. None of the cops shoot at them at all. I mean,
2: the woman would have shot (laughs) them.
1: Right. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. um, Right. The woman would have shot them, period. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, that's a
0: good point, though. It was a great point, and shout out to him for for bringing that up because it it totally is a thing that when we talk about Nathan Drake and white privilege and we talk about that character as as one that goes to all these places and, and, and fucks things up and then gets to go home. He get is, he got to be a in a
4: prison. Like the first scene, he was in right. a prison, and you right. know, just fine, just hunting some treasure. And then he left, and you know, but in that scene, you right. see you see brutality. You see these inmates get beat by by the guards and all this stuff. And then here's Nate with his, you know, with Sam and Rife, and you know, they're able to to essentially be free because they were able to bribe, you know, a guard. And you know, you don't see it's it's ugh that. The jail scene kind of like bugged me. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can definitely, you know, we'll definitely hopefully, you know, uh, well, first of all, we got to have you back on the show because you're you're amazing and awesome.
4: Thank you. Um, I'd love to be
0: back. Because conversations like this, again, I think are stuff that, you know, people are thinking about, but they don't really have the length and and, and time to kind of dig into in real ways. So it's it's always great to have uh, awesome people come on the show and talk about these things in this way. Um so, you know, again, thank you to everyone for listening to the show. Uh Cicero, I know you have the social media business. What is that, I sir? I will give it to you as soon as Shante gives hers.
1: How about that? Shante, why don't you tell people um where they can help you pay your bills, (laughs) Um, and if they want to continue the conversation with us and continue the conversation with you um, vis-a-vis some of the dope shit that you're doing uh, all over the interwebs or about Uncharted 4 specifically. Where can they go?
4: Okay, Um, well, if you wanna help me at my day job, then uh, please read rewire.news, that's the website. Uh, and you'll see a bunch of articles I have about reproductive justice and games and feminism and all that stuff, as well as all all sorts of political nonsensory that goes on in the United States. Uh, so please read that. Uh, I also have Twitter. That's mostly where you'll find me and find all the updates. So that is Johnny XH, J-O-H-N-N-Y-X-H. I know it's strange. I'm sorry, and uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: that's that's really all I got. Those those are the two places where you can find me. I have articles kind of spread all over, so just find me on Twitter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice, right on, nice, right nice. On.
1: And uh, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, just go to at spawn on me. Uh, you can find all of our personal accounts right there. Please make sure you uh, follow us, and uh, you can find the show on itunes and npr1 and google play and and whatever your favorite pie catcher is uh go ahead and find it uh if you're on itunes or a place where you can review it review it rate it let other people know about the show um and uh you know if you're a new listener and you're really enjoying it please 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 um, review us after you subscribed and, and rate us because it, it definitely helps us. Um, I'm enunciating for clarity and diction. Um, and uh, go send us an email podcast at uh, or oh, spawn on me podcast at gmail.com. Check out our website, SpawnOn.me. Uh, you can find all of our past episodes there. Um, help us pay our bills. E3 is coming up. We want to eat more than government cheese sandwiches. I didn't say government. I said government. Um, <laughs> so go to Patreon.com slash SpawnOn.me. Uh, also, help us pay the bills by going to macweldon.com, entering the promo code SPAWN, where you can get your hashtag dope draws And... Uh, you want to save your data? You want to go to drobo store.com that's d r o b o store.com and enter the promo code SOM100 to save $100 off of your next purchase of your drobo product. Please make sure you guys go there. And I also want to say that no bats were harmed in the recording of this podcast.
0: Uh, So uh, yeah, that is everything guys. Word. I like the way you say M. because you say it like a really old black person? You say Emma. Emma. (laughs) (laughs) So again, thank you everybody for listening to the show. Um, It's been a really big week for us. We have a lot of big, a lot of big things in store with E3 coming up really quickly um, and another great, great, great guest next week. Yeah, we have like crazy dopeness coming next week as well. Um, and please share the show. Rate us on iTunes. Again, like like uh, C said, we're up to 47 uh, reviews, which is awesome. I didn't even know until the other day when I was looking. I was like, wow, we're almost at 50 reviews. So that's great. Um, and we will definitely be seeing you all a lot. Really, really soon. So be be wary and be careful about all your iTunes and all your podcatchers catching on fire. So. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, make sure you check out uh, um,
1: both my and Kaz's Instagrams real, real soon because there'll be some dope pictures up there. Oh, yeah. Uh, this week. So uh, I don't even know if we can talk about it, but uh, you'll see it. Yep. You'll definitely see it.
0: Uh, Alright yeah. so peace everyone We're going to get up out of here Episode 112 of the Spawn of Me podcast Until next time we will say Peace Peace, peace.